Good evening. If we've not met before, I'm Mark. I'm one of the um, I'm one of the leaders here at, at St James. Um, said last week, I'm not usually um, at the gathering, but I'm helping out a little bit over the summer, covering a couple of talks. And this is the, the, the second half of, of a couple of talks that were entitled, had the overall theme about being blessed and being a blessing. We were thinking about what it means to be um, blessed individually, and then what that means for us to uh, be a blessing to others. If you were here last week, uh, maybe you remember how we thought about how blessing is often a, a very personal word, and how Christians, we say that we are blessed by, by God. And that blessing isn't primarily a, a physical thing, isn't primarily a material thing, but this is the blessing that we have of being in a right relationship with God, our Creator, so that we are no longer in a kingdom of darkness, we are no longer in sin and rebellion against God, but now our relationship with God, because of what Jesus has done, is governed by the fact that we are, we are forgiven, we are adopted as children of God. We looked at a passage from Colossians 3, and we looked at us, we said that God says to us, He says to us that if we are trusting in his son, then he says that we are chosen, we are holy, we are dearly loved. And that's the blessing. And we looked at how, therefore, we wear the clothes of that blessing. Or to put it another way, we said we we overflow now in love, in patience, in compassion, kindness, forgiveness in our church community. Said we kind of landed by saying then that the purpose of that blessing is that we want to deepen our community. We want to form real kind of deep relationships with one another. That's not an optional extra, but that we are blessed in order to be a blessing to one another, to the local church. And that if we're deliberately keeping our distance from one another, if we have no intention of growing closer with the people in church, It's not just that we're cutting our own life flow, but we're not being the people that God created us to be. And that's potentially a dangerous place. That's a quick recap of of what I said last week. It's actually on the podcast, so if you want to hear that more fully, you you can listen to that. We were thinking that that was about being a blessing to the local church. But today, we're going further. We're going beyond these walls. And we are thinking about being a blessing to the world around you. Actually, say the world around you, the world around us. Because, again, this isn't simply about who I am and what I do individually, but this is about the blessing of a community by us as a community. It's about what we do together as God's people in this place. And to help us, we're going to look at a psalm. So can I ask you to grab a Bible um, from nearby, back to the seat. Um, and we're looking at Psalm 67. I think that's on page 581 in the Red Bibles. Psalm 67. And let me read that for us. Psalm 67. For the director of music 
with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. So clearly, this is a psalm, a song about blessing. There's a kind of a structure to it. It starts and ends with a, a request for God to bless us. And, and, the, and, and the reasons why God blesses, that's verse 1 and 2, and that matches up with verses 6 and 7. And then there's this chorus, which is repeated, verse 3 and verse 5, say the same thing. And then right in the middle, as it were, the, uh, the filling of the sandwich, the meat of the sandwich, is verse 4. And as we go through, I've got three big things for us, three big truths for us to hold on to if we say, if we are determined that we want to be a blessing to the world around us. So, first big truth, big truth number one. You can't separate God from his blessing. You can't separate God from his blessing. So, this is um, a psalm. It's a song, and it's not really an individual one. This is a communal song. This is a song for people to sing together, for people to, to encourage one another as they sing upwards to God. This is for God's blessing to come down, not on a, a simply kind of like an individual household, but on God's people together. <clears throat> God, be gracious to us. Bless us and make your face to shine upon us. Now, those words... Um, they may seem familiar to us, but for God's people throughout history, they were very, very well known. They were a deep and a rich part of the worship of God's people. It goes back to Moses. Moses, um, he gave these words to Aaron, kind of the high priest, and he gave those words to Aaron to use as a blessing over God's people. You can read about that in Numbers 6. And throughout church history, people have used those words, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face towards you, give you his peace. The Christians have used those words often at the end of a service as a way of blessing, kind of asking God's blessing on his people before they are sent out. You might know those words, it's often the case, um, from a song. Um, a few years ago, a wonderful Christian um, songwriter, Matt Redman, he put those words to a song, called it Benediction. We've sung it at the end of services. It's benediction, blessing. But it's that line there about make, <coughs> make your face to shine upon us. And I just want us to hold on to it. Just pause there for a moment. 
God, make your face to shine on us. Right now, I feel I'm in the glow of these spotlights. Anyone who's ever spoken up here, you'll know what it's like. You feel the, you feel the shine. You feel the heat there. But this prayer is saying, God, we want you to shine upon us. We want you. We want your presence over us because that's the most important thing in our lives. Saying, I can't live without you. So I'm kind of caught up in those words. We can't live without you. We need the light of your face on us. Now, humanly speaking, someone can be angry with you, and they can look you in the eye. They can look you in the eye. Let me find someone I know, Dave. Look you in the eye. Could be livid with someone. They're staring at you in the eye, and that makes us feel uncomfortable. Someone looking at you intently. But there can come a time when that relationship feels so broken down, when someone can feel so angry with you that they just can't even bear to look at you. Maybe you've been on the receiving end of that. Maybe you've done that to someone else. And the thing is, you do that with some, that can be done with someone that feels really, that you feel really close to. And, you know, When that happens, it's awful. It's awful. Because the people that you really care about, the people that you love, that you're in deepest relationship with, whatever is going on, you just want them to look at you. You just want them to, you want to feel their gaze upon you. That's what this prayer is saying. God, I need you to be looking at us. We need your presence, the light of your presence to shine on us. You see, for God's people, God's presence, his face upon them, that's the blessing. See, you can't separate out the blessing from who God is. Last week, we spoke about compassion and humility and gentleness and love, forgiveness. And these are things that should be attractive about any community. But the root of those things is the love of God shown in his people. If we want to be a blessing to our community around us, then we need to be confident about these truths. We need to be confident about the truth of Christianity. Increasingly, we're going to have to remind people That those good things like compassion and gentleness and humility and patience find their deepest home in the Christian faith. They find their home in the truth of God's word. And then spilling over from that, things like human rights, care for the vulnerable, care for the marginalized, even things like our basis for science, that finds its home in a Christian worldview that's been governed by the Bible said it before, I'll keep on saying it, that there have been some horrible things that have been done in the name of Christianity, but those things happen when people haven't, haven't read their Bible closely. When people don't read their Bible closely and get to grips with it and try and understand what God has been saying to his people, how there is a thread that flows through, that's when horrible things are done in God's name. If we want to see our communities blessed, you can't leave God behind. 
It's closely related then to big truth number two. Big truth number two. We are blessed so that all people will know God and praise him. We're blessed so that all people, the nations, would know God and respond to him in praise. Let's be clear about something. We should, as a church, be praying for God to bless us. There is absolutely nothing wrong in saying, God, bless us. Bless our church. Bless our church family. It is a good thing to say to God, God, we want your presence among us. We want to know your face shining upon us. It's a good thing and it's a right thing to say. Because when we say that, God, bless us, we are saying, God, we want a deeper realization of your love and your mercy on us. When we're saying, God, bless us, we're saying, God, we want to be shaken out of our apathy. When we're saying, God, bless us, we're saying, God, we want a sharper awareness of our sin, of the sin that's in our lives so that we can turn away from that, so that we can repent and we can grow in holiness and passion for you. When we're saying, God, bless us, we're praying that we would be blessed with a with a generous spirit that would be blessed with greater compassion and kindness, with more patience for one another, that we were praying that we would be known as a church for our love and for our strength of relationship. Now, of course, when we say we are blessed as a church, we're also saying other things. You know, we, we, we say that as a church we're blessed with, with great musicians or that we're blessed with thriving kids' work and thriving youth work. We could say that we could look around us and say we're blessed with a beautiful building. All of that is true. But with all those things, whether we're praying to be blessed with, you know, more spiritual virtues like compassion and love and forgiveness, or whether we're saying, Lord, we, we would love to be blessed with a music minister, or that we ask for blessing on our roof work so that it's completed well and thoroughly. In all of that, what's our motivation? Is that motivation just for ourselves? We are blessed to be a blessing. Let me read verse 1 and 2 again. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. We'll skip down to the very end, verse 7. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Last week, we used that language of, of overflow. Overflow. We are blessed so that the peoples of, peoples of the world will know Jesus, so that they would hear of him, they would repent they would worship him and treasure him. Now, this is a theme that runs throughout the Bible, the idea of being blessed for a blessing. It's most clearly seen in the life of Abraham. <coughs> if you follow anything that happens in the morning, we were looking at the life of Abraham in our morning all-age services. Abraham, this great character that we meet in the Old Testament, he's a man chosen by God to be blessed by God, and that through him that the whole world will be blessed. 
And that happens through Abraham's seed. And that seed is Jesus. See, God is not some tribal deity limited to what he can do in, you know, in, in, in just one tiny part of the world. No, the scale of these verses is enormous. You know, we're talking about being a blessing to the entire world. You know, we, we could just talk about our community. We could just talk about our patch of North London. That's where God has placed us. But these verses are a song, a, a celebration, a prayer for God, for the whole world to know that salvation comes from God. To, for the whole world to know the great story of what he has done of what Jesus has done for us, for the whole world to know the ways of God as revealed in his word. It's not just about us. The whole world will know the ways of God. You know, it's something quite wonderful when, <coughs> when, when a people, a people group, get the Bible for the first time in their own language. It's really quite incredible when just people suddenly can read for themselves or hear, hear the good news of Jesus in their own language, in their own tongue. They can get to grips with it. They can learn those stories for themselves. They can start to tease out what that means. They can start to apply it to their own life and to their own culture. It's wonderful when that happens. And it's, it's thrilling that we as a church here at St. James, that we support that. We support Bible translation in other countries. We support those who are taking the good news of Jesus beyond our own borders. It's wonderful that that is happening, but it has to start here amongst us. The mission to the ends of the world begin here. Begins here doesn't begin at Heathrow or Gatwick or wherever, you know, as, as a plane takes off and someone gets ready to travel to another country. No, that mission to the ends of the world starts here. And it means us talking about Jesus, who he is, what he has done, and his call on us to follow him. The greatest blessing that anyone can know is the love of God. The greatest blessing that anyone can know is the love of God, to know what it means to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be adopted as a child of God, to know what it means to be a fellow heir with Christ. Now, that doesn't mean, this is talking, this is talking about evangelism, but this doesn't mean that evangelism is the only thing that we do. But if we really do want our world around us, our community to be blessed, then they will have to know who we are and what we stand for. That's big truth to them. We are blessed so that the whole world would know God and would praise him. But how do we do that? How are we going to do all of that? Or in, in what atmosphere, in what environment do we do that? Um, this isn't meant to be just a, a pep talk on evangelism. Because sometimes when you talk about evangelism, we think, well, that's for the experts. That's just for a, a small group of people who, who, you know, want to talk to strangers or put um, leaflets and things like that in their hands and start cold conversations. Sometimes what we think about with evangelism, 
But no, this is about all of us. This is about all of us, how we are to be, how we are to be a blessing to the community. And I just want to tease out one thing. It's in verse 4. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the people with equity and guide the nations of the earth. So this is the last big truth. If we want to bless our community, we need to rejoice in God's rule. Big truth three, number three, we need to rejoice in God's rule. Now, how can I put this? Christianity is not a grumpy religion. Christianity is not a grumpy thing. It is, it is a joyful way of life. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that there is no pain or suffering or sacrifice involved in following Jesus. But when we know the love of God, there is freedom. You know, there's liberation. Liberation because we're freed from sin. We're freed from the judgment of sin. And we are followed. We are free now to, to, to have the best way of life, which is following God. There is hope in the Christian life. There is expectancy, not just for a far-off future, but for the here and now. We should expect to see growth in our Christian lives. We should expect to see change. If you remember, um, just kind of a few months ago, just before Easter, when Chris was preaching, we had those doors, and we said, we are no longer certain things. We are now this. We are no longer under condemnation. No, now we live under the smile of God. God looks on us, and he smiles on us. How can you not be joyful about that? See, there's so much in the psalm about praising God. And, well, it is hard to praise God if you're grumpy. Hard to praise God if you've got a sour face. Romans, 1, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 21 says that one of the signs of unbelief is not being thankful. It's not exactly the same, but thankful people tend to be joyful people. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why? Because God rules the people with equity and guides the nations of the earth. This is deep joy. This is a joy which sustains you through difficulty, through hardship. Hardship that some of us have gone through. Hardship that some of us are going through right now. That's why, the, that's why it's so important that we say that God's blessing isn't simply material things, but there's a deeper spiritual element to it. You know, this doesn't mean when we talk about the joy that we have in Christ, you know, it, it's not saying that we bury our heads in the sand, that we're naive about things, but instead we're saying that because we believe that God rules and that he is the Lord over all things, that we believe that change is possible, change to overcome things in our own life, change, um, change that means that we can see our situation in a different light, in the light of eternity. 
if we believe God's rule is good, if we believe that his plan for our lives brings flourishing and joy and peace, if we are saying that this covers all of life, then we will want to share that with our community. We're not going to want to retreat, to simply shut the doors and just hope that people might come in. But instead, we're going to want to joyfully live out our faith. And this is where we start to bring good to the world around us. We can be an agent of transformation that lives out God's values in the world. If we believe in justice, if we believe in compassion and mercy, that's why we want to be involved in things like running a winter night shelter. If we believe um, that God is a God who cares, who doesn't leave people on their own, then that's why we're going to run things like our community cafe on a Tuesday where we will invite people who otherwise aren't thanked, who otherwise aren't loved, and say, come, Come and be part of something bigger. Come and know God's love. If we really believe these things, then we are going to care for those who are disadvantaged. We're going to make sure that all people, whatever their background, whatever their ability to understand, get a chance to hear the news of the love of God in a way that makes sense to them. That's what we're saying. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. Now, that's going to mess around with some people. Because some people, they're not going to like what we say about Jesus. On Tuesdays between 11 o'clock and probably about half 12, we run a community cafe. I just mentioned it earlier. We meet um, in the center, or we have been meeting in the back of church, and we have tea and we offer cake. We just have, have a chance for people to talk. But we always end with a thought for the day whether it was Michael Bleakley or myself or other people, we always take an opportunity, just five minutes, to say something about the love of God. We want people to know that this is why we do what we do. We're not trying to push it down anyone. We're not trying to make anyone feel awkward or, or uncomfortable, but we just want to give people something to think about. And sometimes it will mess with what they say. Because clearly we want to say that we believe in Jesus, that we're trusting in Jesus, that he is God, that he is the only way to the Father. Sometimes in church, we will talk about things which may be awkward. Some people might not like our teaching about human identity. They might not like the way we want to talk about sex or marriage. But they should see that we have love that we love people, that there really is love in our church community, that we really want to give people time to hear the good news about Jesus, that they're not being pressed to make a decision, as it were, on the first night that they are here, that they've got time to bring questions and bring and think about that. Why? Because we believe we are blessed to be a blessing and that the greatest blessing comes from knowing Almighty God. I'm just going to leave us a moment now to be quiet, and then I'll lead us in a prayer before the band sings. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. Almighty God, we thank you for your grace. 
We thank you for your love that you have shown to us. Thank you that you've revealed all of your love and your compassion, your humility, your gentleness and patience in the person of Jesus who died for us when we were unlovely, when we were harsh, when we were impatient. Thank you that you have blessed us and now you call us to be a blessing. Thank you that the greatest blessing that we have received our forgiveness, our right relationship with you. We thank you that that blessing is something that we have not earned, that you have freely given that to us. And as we have freely received that, we pray that you would make us agents of change, agents of transformation, not just individually, but collectively, so that the people around us, so that N10, this patch of Muswell Hill, and beyond throughout North London, would come to know you, that they would come to know freedom and joy and hope and purpose that's all found in Jesus. So we pray then that you would start a change in us where we have individually grown cold. Remind us of those truths and set us on fire again. Set us on fire individually and together so that the world may know and love the Lord Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen.